I painted three women, Kathy, Debbie, and Abigail. And it was really wonderful to get to hear from three mothers. They're all mothers. I think a lot of the work that needed to be done in this pandemic is work that's not often counted by economists. It's work that's done in the home, work like grocery shopping and taking care of children and taking care of the elderly. Good morning. This is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm Andrea Pineda Salgado. On March 2, 2020, our city recorded its first official case of COVID-19. In less than a month, Mayor de Blasio declared a state of emergency. But as the holiday season rolled around, looking different than any of us would have expected, we got word that a COVID-19 vaccine was on its way. Rollout began shortly after. From the start, we knew one thing. If you made it easy, people would get vaccinated. But now, a year later, it's hard not to feel like the push to get vaccinated has lost some momentum. And while proper access remains a big issue, there's still another problem. Before anything else, people have to decide they want the vaccine. So we're sharing the stories of our neighbors who made the decision to get the jab, because lives are at stake. And by now, the numbers are clear. But sometimes hearing from someone like you is far more powerful. We've partnered with Queens artist Heidi Howard to help share these stories. Heidi was born and raised in Queens and has been painting portraits since 2008. Their work ranges from paintings on canvas to large-scale installations. Today, Epicenter's community manager, Daniel LaPlaza, talks with Heidi about their own vaccination story and how they're helping us amplify the stories of our neighbors. Before we begin, a quick message from our friends and sponsors at McKinsey & Company. Find out about the biggest ideas in business on McKinsey's Insights app, where you can listen to podcasts like our flagship show, The McKinsey Podcast. We're so not tuned in to the dynamic going on for the current employees. What matters to them most? Or watch our author talk series featuring law professor Dorothy A. Brown. 60% of Black college students don't graduate. And when I came across that statistic, I got so depressed. And read lots of articles about, for example, The Next Normal, where you can learn about the coronavirus's latest impact on business. To hear, see, and read more, download McKinsey's Insights app now. Now, back to the show. Here's Heidi and Daniel. My name's Heidi Howard, and... I'm an artist and I live in Queens. I was born in Queens and I grew up here and I paint portraits and this semester I'm teaching at Columbia University, NYU and Lehman College. I'm teaching painting and drawing and most of my portraits start with a conversation in person but during COVID my partner and I were living in a 500 square foot apartment and you know, we, we were lucky that we had a lot of tools to turn our space into a sort of workspace, and we were teaching online, so that was good. But, you know, I found it very hard teaching in a mask, like not getting to see the expressions on my students' faces, and I can't imagine working eight hours a day in a context where 
you know, people don't see your expression. And I've been wanting to kind of work on making public portraits where you could see people's faces. A lot of people have been interested in Alice Neal lately, who is kind of the painter that made me start painting portraits. Uh, She had a big retrospective at the Metropolitan Museum this past year. And I think one of the reasons people responded so much to it was just getting to see people's faces because I think we all love kind of just looking at other people. I remember the first time I got to go back into a restaurant and I was just looking at people's faces and it was really exciting. You know, you're actually getting to some of my my next questions, which is, you know, if you could help me understand your portrait style. I think my portrait style is pretty influenced by some late 19th century painters like Loyard and Bonard and Matisse, Picasso. So I grew up looking at those paintings and really loving those paintings and also um, the work of Frida Kahlo that came a little bit later. And then Alice Neal, who I saw a film about in 2008 that was made by her grandson. And I really related to the way that she was working with people. I've always been interested in like art being kind of a part of politics, art that says something about our society. And I liked the space for interaction that she made. And I also really liked them formally. Like, I think she was very formally innovative as a painter in the fact that she made these paintings while her subjects were sitting for them. And a lot of portraitists today use photographs, and I think that that's a very different process. And so the conversation that happens when I'm making the paintings is a huge part of the paintings. So what is it that you, you know, painted for Epicenter? I painted three women, Kathy, Debbie, and Abigail. And it was really wonderful to get to hear from three mothers. They're all mothers. I think a lot of the work that needed to be done in this pandemic is work that's not often counted by economists. It's work that's done in the home, work like grocery shopping and taking care of children and taking care of the elderly. And and just to clarify for folks that might not know, why were you painting the, uh, their portraits? I was painting their portraits because I knew Epicenter was trying to support vaccination. And I feel very passionate about vaccination. My partner has asthma and I had cervical cancer and I had a friend who was 30 years old who didn't have any preconditions who ended up in the hospital on a ventilator so you know we were very lucky to have gotten the vaccine my partner just had COVID over Christmas and I was with him the whole time so I probably have it I had had it I didn't have a test around the house but I feel really lucky that we had gotten our vaccines and just gotten our booster shots and we were fine. How do you feel about the vaccine and the impact it had on you and your loved ones? Do you want to go into a little bit more detail about that? You know, the the vaccine meant I could see my loved ones. And so 
that's great. And I didn't have to worry that if I went to work or did something else, then I couldn't, you know, spend time with my family. And there's things like air travel that I think we should be doing less of in any case. And, and I think we need to be thinking more about our environment in the context of climate change and and also just making sure we can all live on a healthy planet with healthy communities. And so I am grateful that the pandemic has made a space for us to think about those things as a community and to realize that we really all affect each other. You know, how do you feel that your story or experience can help other people um, understand the vaccine and the feelings about getting the vaccine? I mean, speaking with Kathy and Abigail and Debbie, people talked a lot about fear in their communities, but it really is about, like, I'm so glad that Epicenter is here. And that's actually, Epicenter is how my parents got vaccinated. It's how I got vaccinated. You know, I was working, my mother was working, my partner was working, my father Um, also was working on his music, but he's blind. So navigating these kinds of long bureaucratic on the computer systems is really impossible for him. This, This paperwork and things with the government can seem really isolating and overwhelming. And it's so important to actually like know someone that you see every day in your community and know that they got the vaccine and they were safe. And feel like you can trust the news that you're getting. That makes me so grateful to hear, Heidi. And and to your point, I think a little bit earlier, you know, there's my own feeling is that there's a loss right now in the fact that news is supposed to be information and that information takes many different forms. And it's our responsibility as newsmakers or information makers, I guess, to understand how information moves throughout a community and how it is specific to each person uh, so they can ultimately get to the point where you're at, where they're they're trusting of, of an organization that they can ask for help and then in return feel like they will be listened to and be helped. So the fact that, you know, you came to Epicenter with a need and that, if you ask me, is, is something incredibly vulnerable sometimes to ask for help, especially of strangers. And then to feel like it, you know, Epicenter, it sounds to me, returned that help. Um, I'm so grateful here. And so, you know, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I think it, what you guys are doing is so, so important. I think we just have so much, so much of our contact these days seems to be with huge organizations and you don't really know who you're talking to and for me being able to get real local news and know that it's coming from a really trustworthy source is really important and really fantastic so thank you guys for the work that you're doing One woman Heidi captured in her portraits is Kathy Pringle Kathy is from Queens Village here's her vaccine story When you grow up in my era and I had to face the polio and I saw a lot of my friends died from it, I am not taking no chance with anything that comes out. Once some virus is broken out, I'll be the first one in line to take a vaccine. It's to help myself. Okay, I had no 
second guessing about a vaccine because I knew there was something out there. The fact that I saw the entire world shut down, that is enough to convince me that there is something out there. The impact that it had on my family, when you lost, whether it's your physical blood family or you lost your family that you work with or your friends that you hang out with, it opened your eyes to safety. Because if we had been vaccinated before the world could shut down, I would not have lost a lot of my work family, my friend families, and probably a cousin of my own that I heard, you know, got the COVID. It's not fair to any family member. And the loss of a loved one, whether it's blood or not, a loss is a loss. We all feel it. And when you look into someone's eyes and tell you, this person in my family have COVID and that, it's a fear. It's not a loss as yet, but it's a fear knowing that someone has it. And that I alone speaks the truth to me. That's how I felt about this vaccine. My experience is that I don't ever want anyone to get up, come out, step out of their house, reach the work, and here they have lost someone. The experience of losing someone is not something I want anybody to go through because it's a pain that I have to carry on in life now because when I see not only their husbands or their wives, I see their cousins, their grandpas. It's a member of your family that went. And you have to live with that experience for COVID where you could take a vaccine. No, the odds don't weigh. Death is too high to weigh a vaccine. Take the vaccine, save lives. Bring the lives down, not bring the death up. We are responsible for our own body. I am responsible for my body. I am going to take the vaccine. Like Kathy said, we all have a responsibility to help out our neighborhood become even more protected. Share your own story with us at Epicenter and share it with your friends, neighbors and family, too. Also, if you're an artist, we'd love to have you become a part of our growing network of local artists like Heidi Howard. You can submit a poem, short story, visual artwork or really any shareable experience. We'll include our phone number and a link for art submissions in our show notes. Finally, before you go, a new weekly segment with our community manager focused on COVID-19 here in New York City. Hey, how's it going, folks? It's Daniel LaPlaza again with our COVID question of the week. Okay, so this week we're going to be talking about the COVID antiviral pills Mayor Eric Adams announced the city will be delivering. But what exactly are these pills? Who is eligible to get them, and how can you get them if you are? Before I jump in, remember, I'm a journalist, not a doctor. So please consult yours before taking any medication. Let's start with the what. The COVID antiviral pills the mayor is referring to are Paxlovid and Molnupiravir. Paxlovid is developed by Pfizer, and Molnupiravir is developed by Merrick. The pills reduce the risk of severe illness. That means fewer folks in the hospitals. Who is eligible to get these? High-risk New Yorkers. 
So mainly, they're for our neighbors who are senior citizens, those with chronic illnesses, or folks that have compromised immune systems. Right now, there's not a huge supply, which is why the pills are recommended for high-risk residents. Finally, how can you get them? New Yorkers who have symptoms and test positive for COVID can contact their own healthcare provider or call 311. New Yorkers who don't have a primary care provider can talk to an NYC Health and Hospitals doctor by calling 212-COVID-19. That is 212-268-4319. If you can't find an answer to your questions, you can always reach out to me at daniel at epicenter-nyc.com. For more ways to get involved in your community, visit us at epicenter-nyc.com. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting us as we do our best to support our community. We couldn't do it without you. And if you're not already a member, sign up today by using the link in our show notes. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Karavika. You can find more of their music on their website, linked to in our podcast description.